Welcome to this very first, very special holiday episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Kate. And I'm Janine. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly the worst pop culture of the 2000s. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you all know about a campaign we're taking part in called Two Pods a Day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the months of January and February. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably haven't heard of. Two Pods a Day encourage you to listen more and listen indie. Find more shows like ours by following Two Pods a Day on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, Kate, so I understand that we are doing Christmas movies today. Yeah, I mean, it's the last podcast we're going to do this year, and I mean, as popular as Christmas is, uh, there's a lot of really bad movies about it. <laughs> and of course, a couple of these movies are set during Christmas, and they're not really Christmas movies that I picked out. Um, we're going to get to pick between three and only one's like really a straight Christmas movie, but they all are Christmas, you know, at least adjacent. So um, I thought it'd be fun to give you some very wildly disparate um, Christmas films to pick from. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to jump right into it. And the first one I'm going to let you pick from is just a straight Christmas movie. It's called Deck the Halls. It came out in 2006 and it stars Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. And um, one of my favorite parts about this movie is that and all like the new and and when I say new, I mean like the newer stuff. Like when they came out with the DVD, they made like a new poster. Danny DeVito just looks like maniacal in it. He just looks like he's about to murder Matthew Broderick. <laughs> he looks like the penguin. That's a pretty crazy poster. <laughs> it doesn't even look like him. <laughs> he looks so terrible. The one on Wikipedia, he's just like playing tug of war with like a like a um a string of lights with Matthew Broderick. But in the other one, it looks like he's about to le- electrocute him. So I really enjoy that. It's a movie about a man who moves into a new house and decides he's going to put out a light display that you can see from space and his new neighbor doesn't really appreciate that. And of course, the crazy neighbor who is going to put up all the lights is Danny DeVito. Oh my God, I have seen this movie. Oh my God, you're ruining my life. Oh my God. Wow, this is a first. This is a, you heard it here, you guys, December 2017 first time i have seen a movie someone makes a reference to me the only reason i remembered it is because of the mention that you want he wanted to see it from space that is the (laughs) only thing i remember about that movie um i remember absolutely nothing else unless there is another movie that also has somebody try and do the same thing but i mean it's entirely possible but i feel like you might have seen this movie but if you don't remember anything else then basically you haven't seen it yeah basically I'm going to keep it in here. The next movie is, um, I think a lot of people are going to be mad at me for saying that it's a bad movie because it's like undeniably very charming. And every time I watch it, I like have like, you know, a pretty good time, but that's because I like bad movies. It's a little rom-com called The Holiday. It's about Kate Winslet. She lives in somewhere in England in this like little cottage and she's in love with this man who doesn't love her back. So she decides she's going to do like a home trade with someone and she trades homes with like a hotshot movie trailer editor who's played by Cameron Diaz in California. So like they trade houses and like they both find love in like these, you know, their new locations where they're on vacation and it's goofy. But um, it's like very straightforward rom-com. I have a question. Yeah? Is there a cottage in this movie? There is a cottage in this movie. God damn it, I've seen this movie. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I 
I only now remember because I'm looking at the the poster of the people because you know I'm I'm terrible with celebrities' names. I literally asked you like ten Christmas movies you hadn't seen, and you told me you hadn't seen either of these. I know. I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna move on to number three, and if you've seen this movie, I'm just we're gonna end the podcast. It's over. <laughs> okay, the next movie that I had picked out for you, based on your own testimony that you had never seen any of these movies. <laughs> Is a 2006 American-Canadian slasher film called Black Christmas. Now this I've never seen. I have literally never seen this movie. Starring an all-star cast of Katie Cassidy, Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, some other people I haven't heard of, and Gretchen Wieners herself, Lacey Chabert, or Chabert, or however she says it. I feel like I got it right this first time. It's basically like... A bunch of sorority girls can't make their flights home because it snowed too much, so they're all stuck in their sorority house, and of course, a murderer comes up, and it's- I Christmas. remember when this came out, because I think I remember the um, creepy uh, trailers for it, but no, I didn't see it, because me, I'm not into uh, horror films. I'm really sorry. I didn't think I knew the holiday. I even looked at the trailer <laughs> until I just saw Cameron Diaz's face just now. I was like, holy shit, there's a, tra- there's a cottage scene in this goddamn movie, and I've seen it. I haven't seen these movies in ages, so that's why I only remember really dumb details. Like, I only remember the space thing from Deck the Halls, and I only remember a cottage from the holiday. So, but the cri- Black Christmas, I know absolutely nothing about. And it feels very in the spirit of this podcast to watch... A unrelated Christmas movie. Yeah, to watch like a horror Christmas movie because those are just things. I mean, I've seen. Have you seen that one movie, Santa's Sleigh? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, because my sister's tradition was to watch Santa's Sleigh with her friends, so I have dipped my toe into the pool of two thousands Christmas horror movies, which actually came out in two thousand five, the year before Black Christmas. So we had a rough few years for Christmas. In the 2000s. <laughs> we, really, we really did. It's great because Black Christmas, it's, um, its tagline is, This holiday season, the sleigh ride begins. <laughs> this is not going to be a good movie. But I've seen it and I remember thinking, eh, this was fine. Yeah, well, Kate, it looks like because of my... Even though I guess I probably don't remember either The Holiday or Deck the Halls, especially because when you first asked me if I'd seen The Holiday, I thought you were talking about Last Holiday starring Queen Latifah, which I did see several times because I love that several movie. Several times? Yes. Yes. I'm, I have a very terrible taste in movies. I don't know if you've gotten that yet, but as a... T- as a, I guess, I don't know when the hell that movie came out, but probably older than I should have been to enjoy that movie that much. I, I know I at least watched it twice. Um, <laughs> I uh, apparently remember very minor details from two of those movies, and I kind of want to just jump into a movie and not know anything about it. So Black Christmas, I think it's what we're going to have to go with. Uh, and like I said before, it's very much in the spirit of this podcast to watch something so non-celebratory of a holiday (laughs) brand for us to do something so terrible and you know really just you know exploit the holiday yes absolutely so um also because i do not like horror films so you're i know you have told me once before your ultimate goal is to get me to stop watching a movie so this might be the one because i don't like horror films this is gonna be great i can't wait to watch 30 minutes of (laughs) <laughs> black christmas that's all we're gonna need because once we get too far in there i'm like ah, oh, no i gotta i gotta i gotta bail but at the same time my dedication to our lovely audience might make me push through 
So I mean, you did watch all of um, New York Minute, and wasn't that really truly just like existential horror? Yes, it's that is absolutely. Ugh, man. So hopefully this one does not take three years to watch. Let's let's do it. Let's jump in, and when we come back, we will discuss the interworkings, the intricate. I'm I'm assuming this movie is very well written. Uh, thought-provoking, a probably um, sort of mm, commentary on the politics of sorority life. If I recall correctly, this movie was nominated for every Oscar, every single one. Yes, absolutely. I am actually I'm looking at the Wikipedia, like just the the very like beginning before the before the plot, of course, and it says here, Black Christmas is a award winning 2006 American slasher film. And has been said that it is the best movie of all time. It's what it says here. Yeah, fuck you, Citizen Kane. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. There's a, there's a rosebud joke in there somewhere, but I'm just, it's not coming to me. I, mean, I can't. Hey, well, who much. needs, who needs rosebud when we have a sleigh all of our own? Uh, uh, no, that didn't work. That didn't work. This is gonna. Nope. <laughs> Who needs a sleigh uh, called Rosebud when you have Santa's sleigh? Yes. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I hope you use all of our like workings of this joke. So, oh, here we go. This holiday season, the sleigh rides begins. That's the tagline. So, fuck you, Rosebud. We don't. We're, that 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 sleigh is Rosebud. <laughs> that sleigh ride, it's Rosebud, and that's because. Citizens Kane. This is its legacy. This is uh, in the sleigh-related canon of American Canadian uh, cinema. We. This is where it's come to. Rosebud. Without it, we could have never come to this moment. And that's that's your legacy. Citizen Kane. Black Christmas. And I'm very very enthusiastic and optimistic for this beautiful film that we will watch. So we're gonna go watch the movie Black Christmas. Hopefully all of it, and we will be back. Yeah. See you then. And we are back. We just finished watching the amazing slasher film, Black Christmas, and such such a good movie. And um, we're going to give you a quick little plot rundown of this so you don't have to watch it. Truly a work of art. So take us away, Janine. Okay, so what I'm going to do is basically give like the bare bones of it, and then we can talk about some of the weird things we enjoyed or didn't like. Essentially, in the whole plot, uh, there is a boy uh, born with severe jaundice. So he's like bright yellow and his parents hate him. Namely, his mother hates him. This is little Billy Lenz. And his dad likes him. Yeah. His dad likes him, but like his dad gets murdered by his mom because she's got a new boyfriend. And that's how those things go. Cause you just don't get divorces in this world, I guess. Um, so what's a divorce? Yeah, exactly. Billy watches his mom, uh, kill his dad. Well, his mom and her boyfriend kill his dad. And then after they discover that he saw them, they decide to lock him in the attic. And so that's kind of his origin story is that he was locked in an attic and, uh, his parents hate him. Well, his current parents hate him. And, um, so he doesn't really have the best childhood. I mean, he, uh, his mom, a uh, little bit of a little bit of, we, we can get into that later, but okay. So he has a bad childhood. Uh, and I'm terrible at this. Do you want me to, do you want me to do it? 
Yeah, you just do it. You can go into it. You just want to start over. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking, like, I mean, how can I not talk about what all this shit happened? I can't just do the plot. I can do a really, I'm really good at bare bones plots. Yeah, so. do bare, you just okay. do it, and then we can talk, we can jump into it. The very bare bones plot of this movie is a couple have a child, and the couple hates each other. So the mom hates the baby. The baby has a weird, like, liver condition that makes him like minion color yellow he's bright yellow it's not it's really bad it's like the entire time we were watching the movie i just kept going why is he so yellow like it's really he glows in the dark he's so yellow it's really bad like it's and it's so poorly colored like the area around him like he's glowing yeah it like extends a little farther past his skin and um (laughs) it's kind of unsettling just like the rest of this movie the dad is kind of nice to this kid but like he's still living like a really shitty childhood and then it gets worse because he uh, watches his mom and his mom's new boyfriend like viciously murder his dad and bury him under the crawl space. And then because he's bright yellow, they see him peeking through like a floorboard. And so they lock him in the attic. So that's his childhood. He's just locked in an attic while his mom like bangs this dude. And then she decides that she wants to have another kid because she's already such a good mom. And so she's, like, fucking her boyfriend, like, on a staircase, and, like, he, like, passes out or and can't get hard or something like that, something gross. And he, she's like, well, shit. So, of course, her first instinct is to, you know, go out and meet someone else and have a kid. No, actually, she goes up to the attic and she rapes her child, <laughs> which I shouldn't be laughing about because it's terrible. But, you know, that's not even the worst thing that happens in this movie. It really isn't. So... Um, she has a she has a daughter and she's always like shrieking, she's my family. This is my family now to like her son, who's like also her daughter's father. But, you know, whatever. And the boyfriend seems totally cool with it, but maybe he doesn't know. But I don't know. I don't care. Well, eventually, one Christmas Eve, he escapes from the attic and murders his mom's boyfriend, rips out one of his sister daughter's eyeballs and eats it and then kills his mom and then takes like a cookie cutter and it must be the sharpest cookie cutter in the world because then he like presses it into his mom's back and then like makes cookies like with her flesh and it's just so gross because the effects in this movie aren't really that great but they make the cookies just chewy enough that it's ugh, it's it was really terrible i feel like they must have made him like a pork like cookie or something like that like a spam cookie yeah something like that <laughs> it was gross but anyway um someone heard screams i guess from the neighbors so they called the cops and the cops come in and he gets taken to like a mental asylum because like he's clearly an insane person. Like why, why even take him to jail if he's, you know, eating flesh cookies? <laughs> he's just gonna, he will not thrive in that environment. <laughs> <laughs> so um, every year on Christmas, he, he tries to escape to go back to his old house. And of course, his old house still exists. And now it's a sorority house, which I feel is like a very bad decision on the university's part. But like poor planning, I just tear that house down and make it like a community garden or something, you know, <laughs> like who wants to like, how did you get the blood out of that, out of that house? It didn't look like a nice house. And the worst thing is, is like it's been 15 years since uh, Billy killed his family and the events of this movie take place. And they know every year he tries to escape and yet they have no, they don't give them any notice, the sorority house. I mean, they don't like say, hey, maybe we have a police officer over here just in case he managed to escape. Nah. Nah. Or at least like a patrolling officer. But like, 
everyone who like lives in the sorority house like mistakenly thinks this this murderer is dead and they give him christmas presents there's a tradition every year to like give a christmas present to billy and it's like that's gross don't do that (laughs) but whatever at the very beginning of the movie because the timeline kind of jumps around a lot it's kind of like a very disorienting movie to watch so of course billy escapes from the asylum by shanking a guard with a uh with a candy cane that he made into a shiv and i was just like damn how did that how do you even like get it down enough if it was that hard but so he escapes the asylum wearing a santa outfit of course of course and <laughs> makes it his way to the sorority house where he kills the first girl laboring over writing her like half sister a letter but in the middle of it she kills she's killed that's a good way to get out of it though he moves her body to the attic and puts it in like a rocking chair the same rocking chair where his sister was conceived mind you Ugh. and um then another girl hears the rocking chair moving in the attic so she goes upstairs and is like claire and then she gets like bludgeoned in the head and i think he steals her eyeballs because that's his thing he's really into eyeballs like really into eyeballs super into eyeballs super yellow that's all you need to know about billy that's the name of the murderer then he ends up killing a bunch of other girls in like really spectacular ways and i think my favorite death in the entire movie was he's managed to kill one of the sorority girls who's like sitting in a car trying to escape and the house mom is like outside of the car like scraping ice off the window when it happens so she sees all this blood go all over the the um windshield but she can't see it because it's too frosty so she freaks out and like backs up against a wall and it like knocks an icicle like hanging on from the roof and just like impales her so like he doesn't even kill her (laughs) But it still counts toward his kill streak, so it's But, like, fine. he had actually nothing to do with her death, except for the <laughs> fact that, like, he triggered it by her, like, backing into a wall. Yeah. So, like, pointless. Way to go, Mrs. Mack, who is played by Andrea Martin, and she's delightful. Yeah, and uh, so the first girl who was killed, Claire, her sister comes to look for her, her sister Lee. And so Lee is joins the cast of sorority girls who are now being... Uh, tortured by billy but like not really physically tortured just emotionally you know tortured and like stalked and like and like menaced but not like there's no like saw stuff he's not he doesn't drag it out keeping them like trapped and like torturing them it's like no once he catches them he murders them so yeah which is kind of refreshing yeah it's like i don't want to watch someone like in a in a death trap i just if you know if you're gonna murder me just stab me in the face so uh essentially one by one all the different girls get killed in some manner and it's very hard to follow because every girl in this movie um except for the main character kelly lee and the house mom all look basically identical because they're all pretty girls pretty white girls with like long straight brown hair our main character is blonde because she's pure a slightly older brunette and that's lee and then there's of course uh the house mom who's in her 50s they eventually all get attacked everyone's dead except for lee kelly the main character and billy or so you think until you, re- you realize that Agnes, Billy's daughter sister, is also been attacking them and they are like a team. And that's probably one of the ways he, he was able to escape. It's not super clear. They managed to get out of the house. So Kelly and Lee are in the hospital and they all think that Billy and Agnes are dead because uh, they were brought out in body bags, brought out in body bags after the house caught on fire. But of course, you know, no one checked their pulse because once they got to the morgue, they killed a morgue worker and um, got into the hospital. Kelly goes to get more x-rays done because she's more like injured than Lee is. And while she's gone, Lee gets murdered. 
And so Kelly goes back to her room and she's like, where's Lee? And the nurse is like, I don't know, bathroom, whatever, bye. (laughs) Because she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't make enough money. It's Christmas. She's at work in the hospital. And then Agnes comes for Kelly, too. And Agnes got a defibrillator to the face. And then she's chased by Billy, who is so much more yellow and, like, lighting. Because the hospital's pretty well lit for a horror movie. It's not, like, hospital lit, you know, like, real-life hospital lit, but it's, like, oh, I can see some stuff, like, in this movie for once, and he's so yellow. He's filled with the glow of Christmas. And murder. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? That actually fits pretty well, because uh, once he chases after her, Billy uh, actually trips over the stairwell because, well, actually... She pushes him. Kelly Kelly pushes him, yeah. And uh, he falls on top of the Christmas tree. So he ends up topping it like a little star because he's yellow. It's kind of, he gets impaled and he looks great. I mean, the tree's amazing. (laughs) My my main complaint about that part was I was thinking, I feel like even if you like fell onto like a tree like that, the tree wouldn't be sharp. You wouldn't go through it. You'd just like break the tree. Yeah. Especially the top part. This movie didn't make a lot of sense in a lot of ways, so I don't know why that's my main concern. That's pretty much the quick rundown of that movie. There's a lot of, like, stupid stuff we could, like, get into, and we will. We definitely will. We we love the stupid parts. We'll get into the stupid parts, but that's, like, the most bare-bones version of that movie I think I could um, impart upon all 40 of you listening to this. Yeah. If, if that... <laughs> well, also, I mean, we we again have a movie where uh, it seems like a director somewhere decided that the only way to make a movie interesting if it's got a bad plot is to make everything jump around, which is why it's so hard to give like a actual rundown of how the movie worked, because it really opens with a girl getting the murdered, vicious murder that happened and in then the it house. jumps to not to Billy's origin story, but to Billy being in the insane asylum. And then later on, after some murders, when this one of the sorority girl's boyfriends like says, don't you guys know the story of Billy? Which I guess none of them bothered to look up. Like, I, yeah, I guess none of them bothered to know, hey, why do we give gifts to Billy? Nobody like asked. But um, yeah, he gives the rundown. That's when we get the origin story, which I could see that maybe working in a better movie, but... It just made it even more confusing. It would have been better to be at the beginning. I feel like if we took this movie and put it in the right order, it might be like a tiny, tiny bit more enjoyable. Like a like a 2 out of 10 rather than the 1 out of 10 that this movie is. <laughs> but, I mean, we can't... I'm not going to do that because, oh god, I have way better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, too, is like this movie is, is kind of marketed as a black comedy, but the... The comedy all falls very flat. It just feels like it's taking itself too seriously when it's trying to joke around. I mean, the thing about the cookies, the flesh cookies, just over the top enough that it was kind of funny. But also still, it felt like they were still trying to creep you out with it. It didn't feel genuine, like they, they were really committing to the joke. I didn't get jokiness from this movie at all. I got, like, very serious out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And by, like, serious, I mean, like, this is a this is a horror movie that, like, took itself very seriously, which is usually the worst kind of horror yeah. movie. There was no, like, I don't know, it didn't feel like there was any, like, coy nods to me to, like, other, like, horror stuff or any horror tropes. It just felt like, yeah, kill all these bitches. Yeah, I agree with you. I really didn't even feel it was a black comedy and, like, until I saw that's apparently what people classify it as, which, okay, I guess maybe if a movie's bad enough, it becomes a comedy. I mean, 
I did kind of laugh when that girl um, got ice skated to the head. There was also that one part you enjoy. I remember because you told me you enjoyed that one part where they're in the psych ward. And of course, Santa Claus comes to the psych ward because apparently when you put when you have a extremely dangerous ward in the psych hospital, you decorate. And you give them access to candy canes and to, like, he had lights in his room. And Santa Claus gets to come around. Um, well, Santa said that he was looking for, the like, the pediatric ward. Yeah, but they still let him walk through, because why not? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They don't give a shit. One of the people that they open the door to in their room, like, starts reciting scripture. <laughs> Just very suddenly. Yeah, because the orderly's saying Merry Christmas to everyone as he, like, gives them their, like, gross meal for the night. But when he opens up the one that looks like Jesus, he says, happy birthday. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. That was like the, genuinely the only funny part in that movie. I don't think they actually show him escape then. I think they show him escape later. Yeah, this is what's also weird is like, so they know that he tries to escape every year, but yet they still only have one guard on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like if it were me uh, and I was trying to make sure someone was not going to escape and murder on Christmas Day, I'd maybe like up the security just a little bit. Maybe like two guards or like yeah. um, like a better lock. Absolutely. Uh, and it is kind of funny that he does kill uh, the guard with a very sharp candy cane because everyone, I think if you are the kind of person who doesn't just like chew candy canes, which I think some people do, I almost everybody I know would just like sharpen it into a point. So it was kind of funny. It was like a very effective weapon too. Like that, that dude died instantly. Yeah, like, I don't know what it is about Christmas items in this movie, but they're very sturdy. Like, apparently a candy cane can get stabbed into the jugular, and a Christmas tree can withheld a body dropping on top of it. And impale it. And an icicle can just go straight through an old lady's skull. Yeah, they, uh, the sorority girls, they're kind of interesting, but like I said, because it's such a quick movie and no one really gets introduced except for in, like, casual conversation, it's really hard to identify them at first, so... They don't really have unique personalities. I mean, it's kind of funny that they're all, like, kind of crude, you know, bitter, like, talking about how much they hate their family and stuff, but they kind of blend together. Yeah, there's, like, there's very shallow, like, personalities through all of them. There's, like, I'm trying to think of just, like, the four brunettes. There's, like, one who's kind of crude and, like, she gets really drunk. You end up seeing her butt. Mm -hmm. And then there's... um, The one who hates her sister. There's the one who hates her sister. And was that the one who dies first? Is that who we're talking about? The one who dies first, we don't really get to know her. There's the one who's like a very prim southern girl whose dad apparently has something to do with NASCAR. And then there's like a creepy tall girl. Oh, yeah. The creepy girl was actually, I think that was like something the movie actually attempted to do with like a red herring. So like they bring in this creepy girl whose name is Eve and she's like, you know, kind of got this look like something's wrong with her. And she actually gifts one of the other girls, I think Kelly, with a glass unicorn statue, which... No, it was, um, it was, a uh, Heather, the NASCAR girl. Yeah, they, uh, um, gift her with this unicorn statue, which I totally was like, oh my god, someone's gonna get murdered with that. And they did, which was, you know, kind of nice to see that happen. Not even her, though. It was just like some other girl got murdered with this other girl's gift. It was weird. They kind of frame her as something being wrong with her, like, oh, maybe she's the, you know, spawn of of Billy, you know, maybe, maybe. But Kate pointed out, no way, she's too young, so. Her room is even Billy's old room. But then, like, ten minutes later, they go outside and they find her, like, head laying in the snow. 
Like, there's nothing to... And she's really tall. It's, like, weird how tall she is. And uh, the whole thing with, like, the Agnes-Billy uh, thing, I didn't even really think about her being involved until there was one part where someone's getting killed, and I was like, wait, why is her hair... Why is his hair so long? Why is that murderer's hair so long? It's, like, one of the... I thought maybe they were going to do, ooh, one of the sorority sisters is actually murdering everybody, you know? But turned out it was Agnes, and there's some unfortunate implications with Agnes being played by a man. Uh, in a bad wig. A large old man, because, like, this girl's supposed to be, like, 22 max. And, like, it's, like, clearly, like, a 50-year-old man. I feel like there were some parts of this movie that could have been enjoyable, like we mentioned before. So maybe the original is actually worth watching. The original did have Andrea Martin as one of the sorority sisters. So she came back to play the house mom in this one. Which I always like, that kind of stuff. But, um... I think that's also one of the very few things I enjoyed about this movie. <laughs> was like, hey, she's in both. Good for her. Can I say one of the most infuriating parts of this movie Absolutely. is Lee. Lee keeps saying some stuff like, until I see my sister's body, she's not dead. And I'm like, she's totally fucking dead. It's like, literally, what evidence do you have for that? Everybody else has died. It's like, she's not, she's not Schrodinger's cat. She's dead. <laughs> But whatever, keep going into creepy attics, and then she finally finds the body, and is like, no! But I'm like, how did you even, like, figure out it was her? You haven't seen her in a super long time, and she's got, like, plastic over her face. And no eyes. And no eyes! <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole, like, scene where they, like, uh, you know, escape from the attic or whatever, it really doesn't make any sense. Hard to follow. And... I mean, like, maybe the police in this town, have we considered maybe they just really don't give a fuck? Because, I mean, like, they didn't even guard the asylum well. They didn't guard the house. They didn't even bother getting there because of bad weather, you know, until, like, two hours after the first phone call was made where they said, hey, like, four of us have been murdered. It was lightly snowing. Apparently, these police officers didn't even bother checking the pulse of the two people they dragged out who they knew to be murderers. And they were just like, yeah, whatever. Eh, they're probably dead. It was a fire, so they're probably dead. I like how good at I like how good at playing dead they must be to be like super burned, but just laying there like nothing hurts and they're fine. Or they're no like nothing hurts and they're dead. <laughs> maybe maybe they just didn't want to take their pulse because they were icky. They were like, mm, this guy's really yellow. <laughs> super burned and it's not good there's really just not much to say about the merits of this movie because it really just is uh pretty awful i mean it like i said like we said you know maybe some elements of it could be funny but i think maybe just watch the original i think i might check it out just because parts of it interest me enough to consider watching it but i'm not like jumping at the chance to do it because I understand it's like, hey, you know what would be really cool? If we took one of the happiest holidays of the year and made And it. ruined it. <laughs> and that's there. And I guess maybe it kind of works. Maybe, like, the idea, but it doesn't work, like, in execution. Yeah, I mean, I'm someone who likes horror movies. I watch a lot of them. I was actually, like, kind of, like, tilting my head back and forth like a curious dog at some of the, um, the characters of some of like the actor choices because i was like wait who's that oh she's the teacher in final destination wait who's that oh it's the girl who dies in the tanning bed in final destination 3 i really like the final destination movies (laughs) um, it's true she really does oh hey it's mary elizabeth winstead she's got a big career now but did you know that she was in final destination 3 as well and it's just like a lot of like bad like final destination things to me because the director and writer of um or the uh, producer of Final Destination movies produced this as well. So, like, a lot of the um, 
actors kind of mishmashed. I'm someone who likes horror movies, and I just kept going, wait, what? Wait, what? This is... Why Why do they keep saying, fuck you, Santa? <laughs> Which is... This is a line in that movie. And um, there's, like, a part where, like, an, a nurse hits on, like, the Santa Claus, and he's just, like, a creep. And I'm just thinking, is she being, like... A, is she joking? And then she keeps hitting on him, and I'm like, no, she's uh, not. Unfortunately, this movie was actually produced by the Weinstein brothers, so uh, we don't really, really want to comment on their whole opinion of women, especially in this film. However, I will point out that it does seem that... Uh, you know, they don't really believe that women make a lot of good choices, uh, minorities either for that, or even, you know, they paint the disabled as like evil freaks, like Billy Jaundice makes them evil, apparently. So, uh, yeah, that's a, got some unfortunate implications there. I feel like it's actually kind of an equalizer because no one in this movie is good at anything. The white guy dies, the black guy dies, all the girls die. The only girl who doesn't, the only person who does not die in this movie is that nurse I told about you about earlier who did not give a shit about her job and the main character, Katie Cassidy. So apparently the only people worth living in a Weinstein Brothers world is blonde women. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> yikes. Uh, yikes, Aruni. That's not good. Ugh. Ugh. There actually were some interesting choices made as far as production and filming go, according to the Wikipedia, which... Yeah, guys, I know it's Wikipedia, but I'm not wasting actual research on these movies because they're not that good and Wikipedia is fine. Take it from me, a librarian. But um, yeah, so when they were doing casting, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, who, you know, was popular for her role as Dawn Summers on Buffy the Vampire Slay, initially wanted to avoid returning to the horror genre unless she were given the opportunity to die on screen. So she got an ice skate to the face. You go, girl. <laughs> Achieve those dreams. Get it done. There was also some studio intervention to reshoot the ending. Specifically, well, the original script was more of a callback to the original movie. And it ended with Kelly and Lee in the hospital receiving a phone call from Billy, who, you know, they thought was dead. It's like ambiguous. And, uh, well, that was scrapped by Bob Weinstein, who then requested that he shoot a different ending, resulting in the you know, ridiculous idea that they lived and the police didn't notice and then they kill Lee, which, you know, whatever. I don't understand why they did that. And they also did some different death scenes. So that's pretty weird. Full, uh, in the European cut, uh, Ooh, la. Melissa has another death scene in which her eyes are gouged out and then she is dragged down a hallway by her eye sockets. I don't feel like that's how the body works, but cool. You know, I'm browsing this Wikipedia and, you know, most what's really confusing here to me is that, you know, most of the critics, they were kind of like, eh, this movie's not very good. You know, it's like it's got some interesting camera work, but mostly it just falls flat, which, yes, I agree with. However, according to this, film scholar Jessica Robinson also praised the film's depiction of its female characters, writing, The sorority sisters in Black Christmas are set up to be ideal females. They all have long hair, they are concerned with how they look, and they sit on the couch and file their nails. However, unlike stereotypical females, they also drink, cuss, and talk badly about their families. Which, uh, um, you, you sure about that? Uh, you sure this is really, like, the ideal feminine portrayal of, uh, of women? 2006 was a very different time in that, like, anyone was looking for any reason to, like, like a woman in a movie. <laughs> they talk to each other about stuff that isn't dudes. She wants to put a hatchet in her sister's forehead. That's great. I love this. This girl got so drunk. 
to me, it just felt like they were highlighting that whole idea that like women are hypocrites or women hate other women or women are super competitive. Not anything like, ooh, they're breaking the mold. We're so progressive. Yeah, it didn't really feel like anything to like aspire to. It just kind of felt like, wow, these girls are kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, uh, 2006 was a different time. Yeah, they didn't have a Wonder Woman movie back then. They were like, wait, this girl drank so much that she had to be put to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, maybe it's some sort of, you know, culture hangover from Paris Hilton and the whole femininity of the early 2000s pop culture. However, like, there's nothing wrong with having a stereotypical feminine character as long as you give them an interesting backstory and give them motivations that make sense. Like, that's fine. This is the girlfriend. She's nice and pretty, but don't worry about her. I feel like that was a lot of 2006 movies. And this was at least like, hey, here's a bunch of sorority sisters. They all have pretty brown hair and they're going to get murdered. But hey, you get to see them talk shit about their sister first. (laughs) Yeah, like ultimately the motivations anything of this movie didn't make sense. But uh, I don't know. Like I... uh... I'm so wishy-washy. Like, I, I, did I hate it? Like, I kind of hesitate to say stuff like that because... Uh, I think you did. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to say that I hated it because I keep thinking about that scene with the cookies and how chewy they were and <laughs> it really just makes me want to die. So, but at the same time, there were elements of this movie that were interesting, interesting enough to, you know, I'd consider watching the original. Perhaps. And I think I, like, I definitely know you hated this movie because after it was done, you, the first thing you said, like, during the credits was, I hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with my uh, post-credits impression because maybe I've just had too much time to think about it. You've had too much time to think about it and go, well, that part with Jesus was funny. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... I guess I'm just going to have to go with my gut feeling, you know? I didn't enjoy this movie. There weren't really any elements of it that I really liked. And uh, so, you know, Kate, I I got you a Christmas present. Is it eyeballs? Well, not this time, but I just wanted to let you know I hated this movie. Oh, good. But you did watch all of it, so I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm glad I could be of service. I thought we would watch about 30 minutes of it. I thought we would got to the part where she um, conceived her child, her second child, and we would end it. And you were like, nope, let's keep going. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was proud of you. Yeah, I legitimately almost bailed at the cookie part because it was so gross and so chewy. Like, ugh, it was. there was a lot of gratuitous violence in this movie. But it was spaced, like, just far enough apart that I could calm down. Your heart rate went back down, and then it was like, oh, wait, there's that yellow eyeball again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, that got me hooked. I feel like if he had, like, survived that Christmas tree fall, he would have really appreciated being represented in the media by the Minions. (laughs) Yeah, that is the question. But here's something else. Obviously, he's not opposed to cannibalism. So here's a, you know, little thought for you. Is he, like the Minions, banana flavored? think on that i'm gonna say no but you know who knows this movie did make no sense so it wouldn't be that surprising (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh that about does it for our commentary on a black christmas a true masterpiece absolutely we will see you again in january 2018 this is our last episode for the year in the meantime you can always spread the word follow us on facebook and twitter and let us know if you have any suggestions on new movies to watch you can find us on Twitter at Hate Podcast and on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Well, uh, we'll see you next year. We're looking forward to it. Stay jolly. See you then. <laughs>